welcome back to the Kate Languages podcast. This is the second episode in season two, my mini series on lesson planning 101. If you haven't listened to the first episode, which is on starting a lesson effectively, then I suggest you listen to that first because this episode builds on what I talked about in that episode, in the first episode. So yeah, so as I say, this is episode two of five. This is a mini series on lesson planning 101, so the basics of lesson planning, MFL lesson planning, um, of course, because that's what I know. So as I said, the first episode was on starters and how to start a, a lesson effectively. This episode is about introducing vocabulary and phrases and language in general. The third episode will be about listening and reading. The fourth episode will be about speaking and writing. And the fifth episode will be about finishing a lesson. I'm also running a CPD online full day course where I'm going to go into a lot more depth and detail on this. Um, It's on the 7th of May 2022 so you might get in there in time if you listen to this uh, pretty much when it comes out Uh, and I'm going to be doing a lot more of these in the coming months. So do keep an eye out on my website and on my social media um, at Kate Languages on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook (laughs) Um, for more details about that. But um, yeah, so that's going to be a full day session on the kinds of things I'm talking about in this uh, podcast mini series. But for now, let's have a think about how to introduce vocabulary effectively in an MFL lesson. Okay. So as I said, this is building on the previous episode. So you've got the kids into the classroom and you have done a nice effective either retrieval activity or a starter activity. So as I said last time, the starter activity can actually be part of the introducing new words and phrases for that day's lesson. So a couple of things I talked about in this, you know, starting a lesson episode, episode one, you you, you can use those kinds of things as well. But let's assume that your starter activity or the first thing you did in the, in, in the class was a retrieval activity and now you want to move on to, to introducing new language in the lesson. Right. Personally, I'm just going to say here, I, so I know quite a lot of people will, you know, hand out, okay, so either vocab lists, knowledge organisers, sentence builders, whatever it is that you give to your students with the vocabulary that they're going to need for a particular unit. And I will say, I highly, highly, highly recommend that at the beginning of every term or beginning of every unit, however often you do a new unit, um, that students have something like this. The difference with with the different things I mentioned, so vocab lists are the more kind of like, you know, traditional, might just be one word or a very short phrase, with the target language and the English, literally just like in a table with a vocab list. Knowledge organisers, I've never actually used them myself. Personally, a lot of the ones that I've seen look, the pages look very full and very busy. And for me, the way that I like to learn and I like to do things, it's too much. Um, And I wonder if it's too much for a lot of the students as well. I don't know, because I've not used them. So I I can't really comment on that, but having all the vocabulary that you need for an entire unit on one page, to me, is a bit overwhelming. I don't know. 
That's my own personal opinion, but that's what a knowledge organizer. And I might be wrong, so please do correct me if you use knowledge organizers and you're like, no, okay, that's not actually what they are and how we use it. It's just the ones that I've seen to me look really busy and really full and really overwhelming. So yeah, and then the other thing I mentioned was sentence builders. Again, I've never used them in this sense of like, this is how you introduce language to students. That I think they have to be done really, really well. I've, again, I've seen some really bad ones that just look really confusing or just done for the sake of creating sentences, which I don't know, doesn't seem hugely effective to me. But I think when they're, when they're done well, they do seem to um, to be quite an effective way of introducing language. But yeah, they, they, I think they take a lot of, of thought um, and a lot of input to, to, to get them you know, really, really good to then be able to give them to the students. So they're the three different things that I mentioned. So vocabularists, knowledge organisers and uh, sentence builders. Whatever you're using, like I say, I think it's really, really useful to give students a vocabulary in advance. Now, some people will argue for getting the students to then go home and learn the vocabulary themselves before you actually teach it. I've got to say, I tried this with an exceptional A-level student. So I'm not talking about like year sevens who don't even care about French and they do it once a week and they're just like, whatever, I don't know how to learn French. I'm talking about absolutely exceptional A-level student who I tutored a few years ago, who had very easily got an A-star for GCSE and she got a very, very high A in the end of her A-level. I put the vocabulary on Memrise. I tried to get her to learn it that way and I would give her vocab tests on the vocabulary before we then did texts and we then you know used it and she really struggled she found it really 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 hard so we flipped it round and I said right okay we'll, we'll work through the text we'll work through the language and the vocabulary and then maybe about a week or two later then I'll give you the vocab test to check that you've remembered it and she was doing so much better and the vocab was staying and she was still doing it all on Memorise and she was still practicing it really, really well and it, it just stuck. So that's my experience, like I say, with a brilliant one, it was like one-to-one A-level student. I was her only tutor, only teacher. She couldn't do it at school. So she did, just did it with me as a private tutor. So yeah, so if you're thinking you've got like 30 year sevens or eights or nines or whatever and you're trying to get them to learn a list of vocabulary before you've even taught it to them, Personally, I don't think that works. I really don't think it works. So give them the, the list of the words and phrases that you want them to learn by all means, but be aware that you need to actually introduce the vocabulary to them and then you're going to practice it. So as I said, episode three, I was going to say lesson then, <laughs> episodes three and four are about listening and reading and then speaking and writing. So I'll go into more depth then about how to practice the language and then how to create the language themselves. But in terms of actually knowing the pronunciation, the meanings and starting to embed that vocabulary in their brains, I think the best thing that you can do as the teacher is to go through the pronunciation of it and have activities to just practice vocabulary before you start turning into big long texts and then if, I mean don't even start trying to get them to create stuff until they've really understood it in a passive way. So in MFL we talk about passive being the listening and reading, active being the vocabulary that they can produce themselves 
in speaking and, and writing. So some ideas and some of my favourite activities to introduce vocabulary. So if you've got an interactive whiteboard, it's really easy to, I mean, I'm talking about quite simple vocabulary here. So like pets, for example, you, it's quite simple to have a slide where you've got lots of pictures of pets. Now, when I was training, it's quite interesting, and I feel like this is more relevant for French. I was told to go through the pronunciation before they ever see it written down. And like I said, I think this is way more relevant for French because French writing and French sounds don't map together very well. <laughs> I mean, they do, but you need to like really know them. But then this is where phonics is becoming a lot more popular. And I think that's a really good thing, again, especially for French. So either have the pictures with the words or just have the pictures as they are. And then you're doing what we call choral repetition. Some people might think this is boring and old fashioned. I think it's great for practicing pronunciation and just getting the words in their heads. So you've got all your pictures on the slide and you're pointing at it and you're going, asha. And they're repeating, asha, asha. And then you're going to the next one, un poisson, un poisson, etc. And then you can play games. So literally from one slide, you can probably do about at least 15 or 20 minutes of a lesson where you can play some different games. So one of my favourite games um, with this, and again, no prep, just one slide, really easy. Again, you have all these pictures. This is where you definitely don't want the words, by the way. So then you point at it. So you point at the picture of the fish and you say, un poisson. Because that's correct, they have to repeat after you. If you pointed at the picture of the snake and said un poisson, that's incorrect, so they have to say stay silent. If anybody talks, uh, then the teacher gets a point. If they're all absolutely silent, then they get a point. Uh, so the, I, I've always called the game Beat the Teacher, and they basically, yeah, it's the first to five points. So sometimes, especially when you first start, like they're really dopey and you win your five points really easily. I've always been like, I'm so competitive, I really want to win with students whilst also making it possible for them to win. <laughs> so yeah, so that's one of my favorite games, Beat the Teacher. So just to reiterate, have the pictures, point at a, uh, uh, so you go through quite a few. Um, so you'd like point at the cat, un chat, point at the poisson, un poisson, point at the fish, un poisson, point at the snake, un serpent, and then you point at the dog and say un oiseau, and that's wrong. So they have to say stay silent. If they repeat un oiseau, even though you're pointing at a picture of a dog, you get a point. If they are completely silent, they get a point. Hope that makes sense. And as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, I'm doing um, CPD sessions with this and I'm going to go through quite a few more games. Um, and actually I, what I'll be doing with the people who are doing the course is playing the games with you. So instead of me like waffling on trying to explain it, I'll actually play the games with you. So hopefully it's clearer. Um, so yeah, so there's a lot and there's honestly, there's so many games you can play like that and so many that are really low prep. As I say, you just need your one slide to go through it. And it doesn't just have to be single words. You know, you can, so even just with the pets, you can say, j'ai un chat, j'ai un poisson. I don't know why I'm doing everything in French. It's just, I don't know. <laughs> Obviously, you might be teaching other languages. Yeah, so you could do phrases or, um, yeah, different, different things like that. Okay, if you are introducing vocabulary and phrases 
on paper. Again, there are so many things you can do. So I mentioned in the first episode about crosswords. It's always one of my favourite things. And as I said, if they've got the list of vocabulary and phrases in front of them, then they're just looking and finding the words. And this helps with the spelling. So you need to think, are you introducing the pronunciation, which is absolutely vital? Or are you introducing the spelling, which is also really important? So I'd argue you need to do both. So on paper, yes, you can do little crosswords. Simple things like vocab matching activities where you have the target language down one side and you have the English down the other and you match them up. So in my Mastering the Basics um, series of workbooks, every single one starts with a little vocab list and then matching up uh, a picture with the words or matching up the target language and the English words if it's not that easy to do a picture. So again, this is for single words, but you can still do this for phrases as well. Uh, you know, you just match up the phrases. You can do things where they need to figure out the language by themselves. So you've got the, the, the list, um, you know, or you've got a few phrases in the target language and they have to translate them into English, basically. They have to work out what they mean. Again, they can use their own, they can use their vocab books, they can use their sentence book, whatever they've got, and they need to pick out these keywords and they need to, um, yeah, just to write what they are in English. I would say introducing vocabulary is all about you presenting the target language and them translating it into English or using pictures to, to kind of learn what they are rather than you giving it to them in English and they have to create the target language. Personally, that's how I've always been taught. That's how I would always do it. Another really nice thing to do is, for example, with pets. I don't know why I'm thinking about pets, um, but it's just a really easy one. And I do actually have a, a sample lesson on my website, which I will link to in the show notes, on pets in French. Maybe that's why I'm thinking of this. We keep talking about pets. So, yeah, another really nice one to do is you give them a list um, of, you know, they've got like 10 to 12 pets that you want them to learn. And then they go away and find one or two more. And they could go a bit crazy with this if they want to. Like they could learn un elephant or something. I don't know. <laughs> like, you know, go, go and find other animals that could be pets. Or genuine, like I remember one of my students a few years ago was like, what's reindeer in French, miss? And I'm like, why do you want to know reindeer? He said, oh, we've got pet reindeer. And I was like, okay. Anyway, told him what it was. And then at the Christmas fair, like a few months later, sure enough, his parents turned up with their reindeer. It was like a little special Christmas treat for everyone. I was like, oh, you do actually have reindeer. Okay, okay, fine. So yeah, and that's fantastic because like, that's a completely random bit of vocab that, you know, he needed to know, but it's never something you're going to put on your PowerPoint slide along with cats, dogs, fish, reindeer, is it? So, and they love that and they remember it as well. If you give them the chance to find their own things, they really, really love it. And in my episode with um, Liam Printer, which is in my um, se season one, episode nine, he talks about food and introducing, you know, food vocabulary and creating the most disgusting milkshake. Um, and again, you know, what we talked about there was that when they have a chance to actually come up with their own ideas and create their own vocabulary and stuff like that, 
then they actually really remember it and it really goes in and it really sticks. So that, that's the two things that I would say. So first of all, it's about you presenting the target language. They need to hear what it sounds like and they also need to know how it is spelt and what it looks like. And there are so many really fun ideas, lots of games um, and fun activities. And I think these kind of things only need to take a few minutes each. So, you know, the core repetition of what the words all are that they can repeat them and then maybe one or two games like I said like beat the teacher where you're repeating them again they're hearing them over and over again and they're repeating them again this is all passive they're not creating the language themselves yet and then things on paper like matching up the vocabulary just working it out for themselves um what the things might mean especially if there's quite a lot of cognates or near cognates that's quite a nice thing and it's good to get the little brains whirring and going oh like i don't know i mean i'm saying an elephant now but yeah german's great because like die katze sounds like cat der hund you can say it's like hound which is another word for dog so you can, they can work it out that way. And then also to come up with some of their own vocabulary themselves to to add to the vocab and vocabulary and, and things that you've given them. And as I've said a few times, this can be with simple, just one word. So, you know, nouns, like I was just talking about. Or it can be with short phrases that will then lead on to the listening and the reading. The last thing I would say is... You don't want to be doing more than 10 to 12 items of vocabulary per lesson. Um, and I'm thinking, particularly with, you know, with your year seven, well, I would say year sevens as beginners. So you, you first beginners, again, thinking about something like pets or family members or the, the like school subjects, whatever, you don't want to be doing more than about 10 to 12. That is the maximum capacity that they're going to, and they're not going to remember all of them. They'll probably learn four or five of those. And you'll be shocked the ones that they do learn. So they'll forget like matter, but they'll remember Naturwissenschaften because it's a really long word and it's fun to say. So yeah, so, so just bear that in mind as well. You don't you don't want to be using like you know giving them twenty five words or phrases to learn in one lesson. It's too much. It's no fun for anybody, and they're not going to remember. They'll only remember four of them anyway. So you need to break it down into smaller, more manageable chunks. So hopefully that is an, a useful little bit about how to introduce vocabulary in an MFL lesson. As I said, in my CPD session, I'm going to be going into more depth, giving you more examples of the games and also showing, like doing the games with you. So as I say, it's not about me waffling on. It's about you actually doing the games and then actually really understanding um, what they are and then you can literally take them away and use them in your classes the next day well no because it's on a Saturday so don't teach on Sundays so maybe on the following Monday so, so anyway so yeah so like I say hopefully that's been useful as always I love all your feedback if you want to get in touch through my website katelanguages.co.uk or on social media I am at katelanguages on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter and I will be back in a week's time talking to you about listening and reading so developing this vocabulary that you have introduced into longer text that they can listen to and read. Okay until next time adios, auf Wiedersehen, au revoir, bye!